In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit, as the angel had said. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. At that time, the Roman Emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged. And while they were there, time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a ba baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast number of heavenly hosts who were praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
evening. Please be seated. It's my privilege to welcome you all here for this evening's Advent Carols by Candlelight. I hope no one's been burnt. Please, uh, fire does hurt, okay? So please stay away, particularly children. Let's not have any accidents this evening. But I know there are many joining us uh, as well online, so good evening, good evening to yourselves as well. And for those who may not know me, my name's Craig, I'm the pastor here, and uh, it's incredibly special in the busy time of year just to come away, even if it is just for an hour, just to come away and to spend this time calmly giving praise to God and just remembering this incredible, sorry, this incredible um, moment in time when Jesus was born to the world and what that led on to, which in itself is a remarkable thing. Well, whether you're here uh, this evening as a member of the Welcome Congregation, whether you've been dragged along by a member of the congregation, a family and friend, you may have heard about us on the website. We are thrilled that you are with us this evening for this service. And I'd just like to take a moment just to thank everybody who uh, has worked behind the scenes on this evening's service. Obviously our amazing worship team, which do an incredible job every single week anyway. Uh, our AV, our hosts, kitchen, uh, those working in the kitchen, preparing some refreshments. We couldn't do any of this without our incredible volunteers here at the Welcome Church. And uh, I just want to do a particular shout out for this morning. Who was here this morning? Wasn't that a wonderful service? It's bonkers, but that's, that is great. The kids make it what it is. But they told the story the way that they told the story. And, and, and Jesus' birth was there. So praise God for that. A big thank you to all our incredible kids team uh, and everybody who worked behind the scenes to make that happen. And that wasn't the only thing. Who was here on Saturday? It's been a weekend, hasn't it? <laughs> when we had our live nativity, Laura and the events team did an amazing job in putting that on. And there was probably well over 300 people easily in and out throughout the day. And all heard the gospel message. All heard that. And there was lots of activity. So we, we all deserve a wonderful rest uh, this evening after a mince pie. Talking of mince pies, there will be refreshments this evening after the service. So please hang around. Enjoy a tea and coffee. I think there's some non-alcoholic mulled wine out there as well and probably plenty of cakes left over from this weekend. So no one's allowed to leave until it's all gone. Amazing. Well, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to hand over to the worship team to sing first Noel. Well, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to meet here this evening. Without worry or fear, that we could come freely to just take a moment to pause, to reflect, and to remember that amazing, remarkable, and incredible moment in time when you came to the earth, born in Bethlehem. And we are so grateful, Lord, for why you came. So be with us this evening, Lord, as we lift your name and glorify your name high. In Jesus' name, amen.
Um, Our Bible reading is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, on this third week of Advent, let us remember that the good news of Jesus' birth has the power to bring us great joy this Christmas season. Our joy isn't dependent on what is going on in our life, in our world, or the people that we are with. It doesn't depend on the gifts we give or the gifts we find under the tree. No earthly thing can ever give us complete joy. Our joy comes from you, that joy that flooded the hearts of the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, the hosts of heaven, and Mary and Joseph, is the joy that still has the power to overwhelm our hearts with rejoicing. The shepherds who gathered around the new baby were blessed because they believed in the good fulfilling the promises. Mary and Joseph believed and were able to feel the joy of holding baby Jesus in their arms. Those who knew him and recognised him were overjoyed at the coming of Jesus. They saw the prophecies fulfilled and their fear was replaced with happiness as they gazed in the face of the one who would be their saviour. They trusted in your promises and their hearts were filled with gladness as they watched your loving kindness manifested in the face of a tiny baby in a lonely manger. Father, you offer that same joy to us now if we know you and recognise Jesus as our saviour and lord. You gave us the reason to celebrate when you gave us the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. You came to dwell amongst us. You went to Calvary's cross for us. You overcame death and rose from the dead for us. You forgive our sins and give us eternal life when we believe in you. Our joy doesn't come from our jobs, our family, our relationships, our finances or our success. Our joy doesn't come from what we have on earth or who we are with. Our joy is a gift. It is the gift that you gave us that first Christmas in Christ Jesus. Our joy is encompassed in our Saviour, King Jesus. Flood our hearts with joy this Advent season as we reflect on the good news of Jesus' birth. In his precious name we pray. Amen.
Well, I don't know about you, but Christmas is a wonderful time of the season, isn't it? Wonderful time of the year. A bit cold, a bit chilly, but all in all, there's this real sort of wonderful sense of family and joy, anticipation. There's a lot of excitement that goes on leading up to the Christmas day itself, putting Christmas decorations up putting your tree up. Who's only put it up in the last week? <laughs> Couples, two. There's two. Very impressive. Very impressive. Digging out all the old movies. Who's been watching movies? <laughs> Buying and wrapping the presents. Who's sick of wrapping presents? I haven't actually done any, so I'm all right. Actually, I've done a couple. That's all right. Writing Christmas cards. Yeah, writing Christmas cards, buying and eating way too much food. Who's done that already and it's not even Christmas Day? <laughs> yeah. Attending Christmas plays. I'm sure there are a few of you who have done that here. Attending Christmas parties and just enjoying time with family and friends. Year in, year out, we go through this same pattern, don't we? this same routine. But let me ask you a rhetorical question this evening. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself why we do these things? Why we do it? Have you ever taken a moment to truly consider why Christmas? Why Christmas? And wonder really what's it all about. Is it possible that we are missing something about this Christmas season, this festive season that we celebrate every year that is truly special? More special than all the trees, all the decorations, all the Christmas movies and the turkey eating. More special even than family and friends. If I were to go around the room tonight asking why you celebrate at Christmas time, I wonder what sort of responses we would get. Maybe nostalgia would be one. Oh, I'd just like to relive my childhood memories of, of Christmas and I want to pass that down to my children and my grandchildren. Maybe family is one of the reasons you would give me for why you celebrate Christmas. I just love spending time with family and friends, eating, drinking, and being merry with them, as the saying goes. Maybe, I'm sure there are more than like to admit it, but maybe it's about the presents there were some sneakers there. Maybe that's the why you celebrate Christmas. Well, what am I going to get? What goodies are going to be under the tree for me? I might consider giving, but it's not as good as getting. Maybe that's what drives you at Christmas time. See, Christmas is a wonderful opportunity for nostalgia, for traditions, for showing goodwill to each other and to share gifts and there's nothing necessarily wrong with any of these things but do our personal reasons for enjoying Christmas truly give us a satisfactory answer to the question why Christmas could it be that there is some truth to Dr. Zeus's words in The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps is or means a little bit more. 
during the lighting of the Advent candles tonight, the Kinchin family gave us a clue to this answer, a foretelling of the why of Christmas. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Everlasting Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Friends, I do not know how you got to be here in this room this evening, but I know Almighty God has caused you to be here this evening. In this very place, at this very time, this Advent season, to hear the answer to the why Christmas question. So what is it, you may wonder? Well, we have already alluded to it. The why of Christmas is Jesus. God the Son, sent by God the Father, 2,000 years ago, born as Jesus the Christ, the Anointed One, the Saviour of the world, who came to bring us true peace, true hope, true joy, love. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Jesus is and should be the primary reason why we celebrate at Christmas time. He is the reason we have an Advent season each and every year and the reason we share gifts because he was the greatest gift ever given. He is the reason there is this sense that we all have whether you're a believer or not, but this sense of hope this time of year, of peace this time of year, of joy in our hearts this time of year, because he is the epiphany of peace and joy, and he is the reason we can have hope. Whether you realise that or not, He's the reason why love seems to abound this time of year. Because he is true love. He is love. In its purest understanding. And his coming into the world ultimately fulfilled the greatest act of love you and I will ever know. But here's the problem. The true meaning of why we celebrate or should celebrate Christmas has for many been forgotten or ignored. Forgotten or ignored. As we go about busily preparing for our Christmases. Our Christmases. Spending money we do not have giving presents that people really don't need and stuffing our faces with food we could probably do without and I speak to myself in that. Our Christmas celebrations too often revolve around us, not him. Once the primary datum of Christmas was Jesus, and all of our celebrations, our gift giving, our time, this wonderful time with family and friends revolved around the hinge pin of Jesus' birth to the world. Now that date and that hinge pin seems more removed than ever. With Christmas revolving more around us, our egos, our wants and our desires with more of a focus on what I want my why Christmas to be instead of what it truly is about. Friends, the true answer to why 
we should be celebrating Christmas is and, and always has been the birth of Jesus Christ, whether you want to believe that or not. There wouldn't be a Christmas if it wasn't for Jesus' birth. We've already heard the story of Jesus' birth read by us to Naomi at the beginning of our service this evening. And we have proclaimed this truth during the carols that we have already sung. A story of a baby miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of a young virgin girl named Mary. This baby, Jesus, meek and mild, wrapped in swaddling clothes, born into this world in a stable, surrounded by animals. Jesus, who would grow up like one of us, learn the ways of the world like we all have and continue to do, and was every bit human as you and I, but was also fully divine. But God didn't come to the earth in the person of Jesus Christ just for a nice jolly. That wasn't why he came. There was a purpose behind his birth, a reason for his coming to save humanity from their sin, to save you and me. Praise God he did. You see, the foreshadowing of the Christmas story starts many years before Jesus' birth, when in sin entered the hearts of God's beautiful human creation, causing a separation between ourselves and him, a sinful nature that still lurks in every one of us, causing us to live a, a rebellious life toward God, our creator, living lives counter to what God had intended for us. Lives ruled by our egos, by our wants, by our desires, often without a care of how it might affect those that live in and around us. Lives lived by emotions, swayed by jealousy, bitterness, envy, Lust, greed, and lives that strive so desperately for hope. We all know this to be true. If you took a moment to truly look deep inside, you know what I'm saying is true. We all know we suffer with these things in our life, and for many here tonight, there is an emptiness inside that has been there for many, many years. That no Christmas present, no Christmas dinner, no amount of time around the table with friends and family seems to feel. Friends, why do we, why should we celebrate Christmas every year? Because it reminds us of that moment in time when God came to earth himself, born as Christ Jesus, the anointed one, who brought hope and light to this world. But it was also a time of anticipated remembrance of why he came. Why he came to redeem and save humanity from the consequences of our sin, of our rebellion. And he did that to provide a wonderful opportunity for us all to be reconciled to God. That is why, that is, or should I say, that is the why of Easter. It's why we celebrate Easter. That's what it's all about. <coughs> Celebrating Easter. Jesus doing something we could have never done. Be reconciled to God and have our sins paid for. 
Friends, we have all lived or we all continue to choose to live lives counter to God's design for us. This is what is, in essence, meant by sin. Doing the things that we want, not what God wants of us. Living lives for ourselves, not for him. And just in the same way a parent would punish a rebellious child who doesn't do as they're asked, so too will God righteously, not unjustly, but righteously punish those who continue to rebel against him. Enough of the doom and gloom. Friends, I'm here this evening to say that there is a way out. There is a way out. There is hope. True hope. We hear hope all the time at Christmas, don't we? Oh, it's everywhere. We see it on billboards, you see it in magazines. It's just a throwaway word in the world, in the world if you don't truly understand what's being said from a Christian perspective. There is hope at Christmas time. Hope. 33 years after Jesus' birth to the world, Jesus fulfilled his reason for coming. It wasn't a jolly. He willingly surrendered himself to death upon a Roman cross, taken upon himself God's punishment meant for us, and in doing so paid the debt we owed God for our rebellion, for our sinful lives, and for our selfish ways. He was laid in a tomb for three days before raising to new life, a foreshadowing of what every believer knows will happen when our time is done on this earth. This amazing sacrificial act paved the way for all humanity to be saved for, and for, for us to have our relationship restored with God and for us to receive newness of life now and to be raised to new eternal life in the future. That is hope. How do I receive this amazing gift? Well, thank you for asking. Simply put, repent and believe. It's what, what the Bible tells us to do. Repent and believe. It's what Jesus told us to do. Repent and believe. There's no other hoops to jump through. Repent and believe. All God asks of each and every one of us on this Advent Sunday evening service is to turn back to him. Let go. Let go of what the world, all the world has on you and its allures and its temptations. Let it go and turn from your sinful ways. Place your faith in Jesus. And you will, I promise you, be saved. I promise you. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul declared to the church in Rome when he said, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. That's a promise. And if you've been at Welcome long enough, you have said this multiple times. God, Jesus, does not say something and make a promise to then go back on it. He will never break a promise. This is a promise. And he goes on, for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I don't know... Many of you here tonight, I don't know where you've come from, whether you're here with someone else or not, whether it's a family member, a friend, I don't know. But friends, that gift is for you if you haven't already given your life to Jesus. That gift is for you. And it's free. He desperately wants you to take it. But he gives you the choice. Praise God. 
Will you this evening declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Will you believe in your heart that he has raised, he was raised from the dead? Will you believe those things and declare those things? Will you receive the free gift of salvation, the greatest, most precious, most joyful gift you could ever receive this Christmas? It's your choice. As it was everyone else in this room. Whether we choose to accept that or not. It's your choice. But choose wisely and without delay. Choose wisely and without delay. Invite the band back up, please. Christmas for the Christian is truly wonderful. See, just like everybody else, we get to enjoy putting up the Christmas trees and doing the decorations and writing the cards and eating loads of food and all those types of things. We get to enjoy all of that, which I'm very grateful for, if I'm being very honest, because it's great once December comes, not before, but it's great, right? As Christians, we get to enjoy all of these things, but we do so with the peace and the hope and the joy in our hearts of why we're doing it. And why we're celebrating. And it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of his birth into this world. And it's all because of what he came to do. Praise God. So in closing, can I leave you with a loving challenge? A loving challenge. As you head into your final preparations this week, for Christmas Day, because I'm sure there are still lots everyone has to do. And as we looked beyond 2023, and we looked at every Christmas season in years to come, can I encourage you to take a moment to truly and genuinely consider the question, why Christmas? Before we get caught up in the hustle and bustle like the world does, running around the supermarkets, bumping into each other, all, all of that type of thing, spending hours on Amazon. Before we do all of that, why Christmas? Allow yourself that time. Why Christmas? Why am I celebrating? And am I celebrating for the right reasons? It doesn't mean you can't do all those things. But am I doing it for the right reason? And ask yourself whether you need to seriously consider, consider realigning your Christmas celebration datum point away from yourself and back to where it belongs. Firmly and faithfully focused on God. Because, friends, to have a life in Christ Jesus to be in the loving care of God the Father and under the gracious guidance of God the Holy Spirit is the greatest life you could ever and will ever receive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shall we sing? Amen. Over to you.
words that we've heard, we thank you for what that first Christmas means to us and to our eternal salvation. And we thank you for the wonderful gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we just pray that this time is a, a time where we honour and glorify you in all things that we do. And may it be a blessing to all of us. In the name of your wonderful son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Please do take a seat. There are. Mince spice, mince spice, and there's uh, mulled wine 